You'll be out there uh, in uh, cutting grass somewhere, and God will start teaching you why you cut grass. You'll be, listen, about to go to sleep at night, and all of a sudden, God will start talking to you like, boom, 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 right before you go to sleep. You'll wake up in the morning, and you'll start saying, good morning, Jesus, and God will begin to start imparting information into you. And all of a sudden, you got, you're like, ooh, God, talk to me, Jesus. And God can talk to you in five minutes and change your life more than somebody can talk to you for three days and not say anything. Are y'all following me? You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Billerica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. We can see from that the Holy Spirit has given us when we look at John chapter 3, more insight how to be an effective witness for him. Last week, Paul was witnessing to some of the disciples en route to Ephesus about receiving the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 19. Today, Jesus is witnessing to Nicodemus about spiritual matters as well as being born again. And I'm learning that if I'm going to be an effective teacher, an effective witness, an effective preacher, and so forth, I must be persuaded in the faith. I, I got to know my audience, or to the best of my ability to know my audience. I must adjust my attitude and demeanor, demeanor to ensure that I'm uplifting, encouraging, and intentional. I must become more effective in my communication to others so that I can represent and resemble the one who sent me, that is, Jesus. I must have advanced knowledge of God's written and revealed word, which means I got to study, I got to speak the word, and of course I must hear because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go to John chapter 3, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read down. And notice what it says starting at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. Jesus is having a conversation with a Pharisee in verse 1, John 3 and 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. The Pharisees, just a little background on the Pharisees. The Pharisees were known and recognized for their traditional standards and beliefs in life. They were people who sought the outward praise of others. They sought, for example, if they fasted, everybody knew they were fasting. If they gave to the poor, everybody knew they were giving to the poor. 
If they were praying, they, everybody knew they were praying. They did outward things. Now, let me say this to you. The things they were doing were not bad. It's just their mindset in doing it was in the wrong place. Nothing wrong with fasting. Nothing wrong with helping the poor. Nothing wrong with praying. But it needs to be done in the right attitude. In many cases, Jesus would rebuke them for their pride, reliance on outward works, and their desire to gain position, power, as well as popularity. And one thing you've got to be careful about, just because they are a Pharisees, you can't judge everybody just because they belong to a certain sect. Mm, that was good right there, God. You can't, be, you, can't, you can't look at somebody, look at their racial background or their different positions in life and their different social classes and all of a sudden make an assumption about that person without really knowing the person. For example, Nicodemus. He seems a little bit different than the rest of them. But I don't think about, know something about Nicodemus. He, he was a ruler. He was a ruler of the Jews. Nicodemus' name is interesting because it means conqueror. And, but he was a commander or a chief or a leader of the Jews. And so we see in this particular area that he is coming to Jesus. And you would think because he is a ruler or a commander or chief of the Jews, he would have a certain mindset or certain knowledge about certain things. And so Nicodemus represents someone who has authority. And he comes to Jesus in verse 2. Then this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So notice how Nicodemus came to him. And what he said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher. You can explain the things of God, including salvation. And not only that, you got signs following you. You got unusual miracles and wonders. And that only God could do something like that for you. One thing you got to be careful about is people that come to you only at night. Single folks, be careful about people who only want to see you at night. Married folks, be careful about folks that only want to see you at night. Don't want to take you out during the day. Let me leave that alone because I know some of y'all probably remember when y'all used to be like that. But y'all been delivered. Amen. Say, I've been delivered. Some, some, didn't nobody say I've been delivered? Okay, I've been delivered. Hallelujah. One thing I thought about this. He heard him. He knew that Jesus was a teacher. He knew that signs follow him. I thought about this. He must. There's only one way you can know that Jesus is a teacher. You got to listen to him teach. That means in my mind, he's heard more than one teaching. Because you don't consider someone a teacher by listening to him one time. Because anybody can get it right one time. But when you got to consistently teaching the word of God, teaching, and you're like, oh, this man got knowledge. This man has understanding about the things of God. This person was considered what I would consider a teacher. And not only that, he's had signs. He had unusual miracles that only God could do. And they were following him at the same rate. 
And so I'm thinking, Nicodemus must have been watching Jesus. He must have been watching Jesus more than one time. It, to me, he had a, he must have been watching him. And you got, you got to understand this. I can imagine Nicodemus following Jesus, heard about him the first time, following him and said, oh, look at Nicodemus, look at Jesus. Oh, that man different. He's not like the other Pharisees that I socialize with. He's not like the other Jewish leaders I socialize with. And not only that, look at that man heal that person right there. Only God could do something like that. Look at the blind man's eyes being open. Look at it. that person. He couldn't even hear, but now he can hear. Look at that person right there. They can't even walk, but now they're they walking away with their bed on top of them. And they different. This man is different. Now listen to him teach. He teaching stuff I never heard about before. And not only that, it's lined up with the word of God. It's lined up with scripture. Because one thing about a Jew, Jew knew the Bible. They know the Bible. And so what he was telling them, it lined up with scripture. I'm saying, look at this. This man is different than somebody I've dealt with before. And some of us can give the same testimony because when we started following Jesus, Jesus was different than anybody we followed before. Jesus, I mean, you know, Jesus started delivering us. He started healing us. He started prospering us. And not only that, he prospered us in ways we never thought we could prosper before. He started healing our body. When doctors gave up on us, he started healing us. You know, only that, Jesus said, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And Jesus is there with me 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Knows I got peace that passes all understanding. Oh, this is different than all the other people I used to follow. I dated folks and folks left me. I talked to folks and folks left me. But Jesus is with me 24 hours a day and seven days a week. That's why you keep following him right now. That's why you're a faith walker right now, because you Jesus was different than anybody you ever dealt with in your life. And so we see Jesus was a teacher. He is he could explain the ways of salvation, deliverance, protection, and prosperity. He knew Jesus was going was doing could do signs and miracles. And if we're going to continue to grow as an effective witness for Christ, we need gain gain knowledge and understanding concerning the ways of salvation. See, Jesus is here to teach us. In other words, I need to be able to effectively explain to others how I can be delivered, how they can be delivered, how I can be protected, how they can be protected, how I can prosper, how they can prosper, how their life can be better spiritually as well as naturally. Jesus is what I would consider the master teacher. He's the master teacher. I mean, can't nobody teach you like Jesus. Okay, I mean, you'll be, you be walking in the store, going to shopping, and God will start teaching you while you're shopping. You'll be out there uh, in uh, cutting grass somewhere, and God will start teaching you while you're cutting grass. You'll be, listen, about to go to sleep at night, and all of a sudden God will start talking to you right before you go to sleep. You'll wake up in the morning, and you'll start saying, good morning, Jesus, and God will begin to start imparting information into you. And all of a sudden, you got, you're like, ooh, God, talk to me, Jesus. And God can talk to you in five minutes and change your life more than somebody can talk to you for three days and not say anything. Are oh, y'all following me? 
Because that's who Jesus is. He can talk to us. And notice in verse 3, Jesus answered said to him, Moses, surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born, they are converted as a son or a daughter through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, anew, they've been made anew. It's come from heaven or come from God. He cannot see or perceive or know or become acquainted with the kingdom of God. See, Jesus begins a conversation about conversion. And see, to be converted means to be changed in a form and in character. And see, converted also means to make suitable for a different purpose or use. I had one use, but now God is changing me for a new use. He is changing me from my old way of living to a new way of living. And he says this, and I'm learning this as I go along. I've got to learn this new way of living. I've got to learn how to be a Christian now. I've got to learn how to be this new creature in Christ that he talks about a little bit later in Scripture. i got to be a new creature in Christ. And see, Jesus is teaching Nicodemus and us that we're going to be, we need to be prepared for, to be used in the kingdom of God. we got to be converted or born again. And see, kingdom business is different from natural business. It takes a spiritual and natural preparation process to get us ready for kingdom use. And Jesus is using Nicodemus uh, to show us how we must be born again or converted through our faith or our trust or our confidence in Jesus. Thank God for what he's doing. We must let go of our old ways of thinking, speaking, and living by our old desires and start living by the way of Christ. That's where I become born again. And I need God's word in this process. I got to learn how to pray. I got to learn how to fast. I got to learn, okay, I got to learn how to help folks. But I'm going to do it God's way. Remember the Pharisee was doing it one way. He was doing it the way where everybody can see him. Now Jesus is going to tell him a different way of helping folks. He's going to say, hey, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He's going to say, hey, when you pray, pray in secret and, God, and I, I reward you openly. You ever notice that Jesus' way of doing things, he don't really, you don't, you get no glory when you do when God does it. He gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. Isn't it wonderful that God gets all the glory? Because you know why it's wonderful? That means he takes on all the responsibility. Now, unless you want to take on that responsibility, I promise you, you don't want it. Because they're going to look at you when, when you lay hands on one, one get healed. And they'll say, well, praise God. You lay hands on the next one, they don't get healed. You're like, what's wrong? It worked for them. Why is it not working for me? You back up and say, hold on. Better way is this. Whoever God decides to heal, that's his business. That's his business. And I love God because it's not my business. It's his business. And so in John, he goes on. Because remember now, Nicodemus is learning. Nicodemus is learning because this is new for Nicodemus. He had never did anything like this before. And I can imagine Nicodemus, hey, Nicodemus, I got to be born again? Notice his response in verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time his mother's womb and be born? Now, you would almost think, looking at it from, you know, from our 
hindsight, that's a silly question. That's a silly question. You would say that, you know, because it's hindsight. But if you were in the moment, that may not be a silly response. You might have said the same thing. So while you look at the naked thing was trying to raise your eye, that's, why you say something stupid like that? You might have said the same thing. And let me say this to you. Sometimes people question God about things that they don't understand. I've been guilty of myself. Why do we got to give? Why do we got to give like that? I need my money to pay my bills. And God is saying, if you were just give me your tithes, I can pay your bills and then some. Because why? We didn't understand. Well, you want me to pray and fast? What do you mean pray and fast? I like to eat my food. No. If you pull, pull aside, you'll understand better how you can operate spiritually. Notice, because why? We don't understand. And so while we're looking at Nicodemus asking his questions, we ought to ask ourselves what kind of questions are we asking God on a day-by-day basis. Because God will be leading, guiding you in all truth, and all of a sudden he'll ask you to do something that, hey, it may go against your natural reasoning. It may go against your natural reasoning. Can you imagine when, when, when he said, listen, we're going to pay our taxes today, y'all. We're going to pay our taxes. We're going to go pay our taxes today. Okay, good. What are we going to do? We're going to get the money out the uh, the what the savings account, the checking account, the CD. Where are we get the money from? We're going fishing. How are we going to pay taxes going fishing? I mean, you know, Lord, how we, listen, I, yeah, we, 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 well, we must going to pay them before we go fishing, right? We're going to stop by the bank. We're going to stop by the bank, and then we're going to we'll take the money and go pay the taxes, and then we're going fishing. No, no, he said go fishing. Okay, okay. Well, you know, the, you know, Lord, uh, Lord, the bank closed at four o'clock. Here it is, three o'clock. Knows the reasoning. Knows the reasoning. And then, guys, now nah, go fish, and what you catch, go pay your taxes and mine too. What Jesus talking about? I ain't never. But you know, he did have enough faith to go fishing, though. I know y'all laughing at him, but he, at least he went fishing. Some are like, I ain't going fishing. That man I lost his mind. I ain't, finna, I, ain't, I ain't going looking silly out there. But you know what he did? He went fishing. It, 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 it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And sometimes when you're a faith walker, either it's going to work or it's not going to work. I'd rather try it and then it work than not try it and always be wondering whether or not I missed out on something. Are y'all seeing that? And so he says this. That's why we need understanding. Proverbs 4 and 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting. Get understanding. And so this is what Nicodemus is doing. He is trying to get understanding. He is trying to get meaning and discernment and insight into what Jesus is saying. Because Nicodemus asked two questions. How can I be born? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? And that, that does seem kind of interesting there, but he was complex. He was confused. And as a faith walker, we're tempted to depend on more on our natural ability and means and help rather than guys from the word of God. Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 7 is real. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Our mindset and our attitude must be that I'm constantly learning how to regulate my life and progress by the word of God. I'm constantly learning. I don't understand everything God's telling me, but I'm going to learn. I'm willing to sit down at his feet and learn what Jesus wants me to do. I'm willing to get in somebody who knows more than I do 
to teach me what I need to do to be a faith walker. Because I realize faith pleases God. Hebrews 11 tells me that. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is rewarded of them that diligently seek him. I need more faith. You tell me I got to be born again. I need, I, listen, I got, I got something going on in my body. I need more faith. I got something going on in my finances. I need more faith. I got something going on in my mind. I got more faith. I got relationship issues. I got more faith. I, I, I need more faith. I got school issues. I need more faith. Whatever it is, I need more what? Faith. I need more faith. And faith come by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. And so Jesus answered. This faith in the head. Faith in him. Faith in him. Jesus answered, verse 5, John 3, 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, they, excuse me, excuse me, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Very simple. Born of water and spirit. He cannot enter the spirit, excuse me, the kingdom of God. Of God. Let me go back over and show you one more scripture in verse 6. Because actually, 5 and 6 go together. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So the first part there, born of water. Born of, well, water or come through a woman, and then spirit. First part of 6. Born of the flesh, then born of the spirit. So there's a first birth. And then there's the second birth. The second birth is essential. We need the second birth. Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. So, in verse 5, born of the Spirit, notice he says, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Cannot enter in or experience the kingdom or the dominion or the rule of God. I like to put it like this. God's way of doing things. You can't enter God's way of doing things. You can look at it, but it won't make sense to you. You can sense it, but it, it won't. You can't figure it out. That's. Therefore, unsaved folks have a hard time dealing with saved folks because what we do is spirit-led. And it doesn't make sense to the natural man. So, therefore, we need to make sure we're following God's way of doing things. But you got to be born again first, though. You got to give your life to Jesus, submit to God, and let God rule or have dominion over your life. Because when you do that, it gives you power, it gives you strength, it gives you ability, miracles, healings, deliverance, wealth, peace, and so forth. And I could keep going, but the Holy Spirit empowers us to do all these different things. Therefore, you can love those that don't even like you. Only way you can do that is by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some people in the world that can fake love for a minute, but... The, the, the love that God gives you is just amazing. It's powerful. It's more powerful than you. You'll be loving folks, and you'll be loving them almost in a, in a supernatural way. Man, I'm trying to do best for you, and, and you're trying to misuse me. You abuse me. I'm still trying to do what's best for you. Why am I trying to? 
why am I helping you anyway? I mean, you, you can't even figure it out yourself. Then he said, give you peace that passes all your understanding. You got peace in the middle of a turmoil. Why am I so peaceful? I'm going to tell you something. God's love and peace goes beyond your natural reasoning. At least it goes beyond mine. I've been in a situation, I've been calm, and I'm almost like an out-of-body experience. I looked at myself, why am I so calm? Why am I so calm? I should be going off on folk. Okay, y'all pray for us, okay? Y'all pray for the rest. I mean, some of y'all saved and y'all got it all together. But sometimes I've been in the middle of a situation, and my money got funny. And I, they were treating me the way I thought they should have been treating me. And I said, why am I so calm? I'm not even raising my voice at nobody. I'm not telling these folks off or nothing like that. I, I'm just saying, huh, we're going to figure it out that way because this ain't quite working for me right here now because you know you owe me the money. I don't know. I was gonna say. See, it's, it goes beyond my understanding. That's why you know the Holy Spirit is working in your life. It's God's way of doing things. Remember, it ain't my way of doing things. My way of doing things be reach through the phone, snatch your throat out, and come. I'm sorry, but that's not that. But that's oh yeah, y'all. You're probably y'all never thought thoughts like that. But I, I just pray for me, y'all. Just pray for me. I need Jesus, okay? I need the Holy Spirit. I'd be in jail right now for the Holy Spirit. I know it's God helping me. So you know it's God, the Spirit of God working in your life. It's God's way of doing things. Are y'all seeing this now? It's not our way. And remember, Nicodemus is learning a new way of doing things. He had his old way of doing things. Now he's learning a new way of doing things. You had your old way of doing things. Now you're learning God's way of doing things. And therefore, this is what we're learning through this process. And so he says this. uh, Let me say this to you. God's kingdom allows us to have dominion. And dominate the things that pertain to our life. Let's go to a couple, couple of scriptures real quickly. Proverbs 13, 21 through 22. Proverbs 13, 21 through 22. Reads as follows. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Thank God that we are righteous people, and that means the wealth is stored up for us. And God can drop that wealth in your hand anytime he wants to. He can drop it today if he wants to. He can drop it tomorrow if he wants to. And any way God bless me, I will be satisfied. Amen? Now, notice what else went to happen in your life. Deuteronomy 28 and 13. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13. The Bible says this, and the Lord will and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You should be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. Powerful. God is doing something great in our lives. Let's go to one more scripture that's happening in us right now. It's happening right now. Psalms 107 and verse 20. Psalms 107 and verse 20. Psalms 107 and verse 20. 
he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Thank God he has sent his word and is healing us right now. I mean, God is healing us right now. Even as I talk to you, God is healing us right now. Well, thank God. I, I got five people to believe me. Let me get, can I get 10 people to believe me right now? Can I get 20 people to believe me that God is healing us right now? Let me tell you how powerful God's word is. On Tuesday and Wednesday, I could barely talk. When I came into the church Wednesday night, folks looked at me funny. Ooh. Stay away from me, Dodge. I said, okay, I'll stay away from you. I'm all right. I'm all right. I still love you. I had one brother look at me like, okay, brother, I love you too, man. But God has blessed me to be here to talk to you on a Sunday morning. You know God has sent his word to heal. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for his healing power. Healing power. Now, let's go into verse 6. Psalms, excuse me, John chapter 3, verse 6. Again, if I'm going to think like Christ, talk like Christ, and make decisions like Christ, I must have his word and his spirit at work inside of me. All right? So, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's which born of the natural nature or without divine influence is flesh. Psalms put it like this, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. It's flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we're being born again. We're being spirit-led individuals. Those who have the spirit of God, or led, excuse me, those who are led by, the, led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God or the daughters of God. Remember that? great definition for son, that means that God going to take care of us. He's going to take care of us. I love that about that definition. It's not a gender thing. It's about if you're a child of God, God's going to take care of you. I appreciate God taking care of us. How many took God took care of you last week? Anybody raise, not raise your hand? That means you, you thought you took care of yourself. No, you didn't. God took care of you. God took care of you more ways than you could ever imagine. I don't even try to figure it out no more. I just say, God, thank you. I just thank you. Tires rolling good. Thank you, Lord. Gas, be able to fill it up and not even think about it. Thank you, Lord. Had plenty of choices to choose from in the refrigerator. Went out and ate. I appreciate God. Listen, you can have a refrigerator full of food and say, eh, get in the car, ride, get something to eat, come back home and eat it. Isn't that wonderful? You didn't have to go, you had to go uh, raise no cattle. You didn't have to uh, raise no uh, lettuce, raise no tomatoes in two minutes and 35 seconds. You know, time you order your food and go out, you know, that's a lot of folks, you don't want their food right then. You had to do none of that. God blessed you and he took care of you. Is that right? Isn't God wonderful for doing that? He took care of us, y'all. He took care of us. So again, born of the Spirit, life-giving Spirit, born of the Spirit. And when you're born of the Spirit, change happens. Change happens when you're born of the Spirit. You are not the same person you were before. Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus, came to a night. That's okay. He came, at least he came to him. I know why he came at night. Y'all know why he came at night. He came at night. And so now he's changed. And so we're going to look at what's some of the evidence of being born by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at some of the evidence of being born of the Holy Spirit. One, like Nicodemus, you will be teachable. You will be teachable. 
One thing I can say about Nicodemus, even though he made what I consider now a strange comment, at least he was trying to learn. At least he was trying to learn. He was teachable. He was teachable. And we must learn to recognize and acknowledge the teachers in our lives, especially the ultimate teacher, the Holy Spirit. See, he knew that Jesus was a teacher. And in my mind, this this is my opinion, he had saw Jesus and he had heard Jesus teach before. Okay. And so he made the statement, hey, you a teacher. Nobody, I've, I've heard people teach before. I'm, I'm a ruler of the Jews. I've heard te- people teach before. Nobody teach like you. I mean, I've heard people teach, and you are the ultimate teacher. And so I'm coming to you, and I'm willing to learn. And now you drop this on me. I got to be born again. And you say, and I'm asking you, huh? I got to go back up in my mama womb. Come talk, talk to me, Jesus. Talk to me. And he says, you know what? That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's born of the flesh is flesh. And so he's, he taught Nicodemus. Nicodemus was teachable. And he could explain to Nicodemus the ways of the kingdom because he was teachable. Teachable means I have the ability to learn from others. I can see the opinions and perspective of some and not, excuse me, and I can value what they're teaching but I may not agree with everything that they're teaching because the Holy Spirit is going to continue to lead and guide me into all truth. John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. However, when he, however, when he the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So when I'm teachable, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to teach through, teach you, teach me through you. So in other words, I'm laying, say, for example, you're the teacher, Holy Spirit, what, what, what do I need to learn right here? What do I need to learn right here? What do I need to learn right here? Nicodemus was being taught by the master teacher, which is Jesus. Second way we know you're being led by the Holy Spirit You're eager to adjust, adapt, and align with God's written and revealed word. You're willing to adjust, adapt, and align with God's written and revealed word. You know Nicodemus had to adjust, adapt, and align when he told him you got to be born again. Because it didn't make sense to his natural man. He had to adjust. He had to modify and regulate and alter his thinking. He had to adapt. He had to become acquainted with the new way of understanding, and he had to align. He had to come in agreement with God's written and revealed word. And there's going to be some things that you hear from God you may not understand at first. But if you follow it, it'll make you a better Christian. I'll be honest with you, some stuff with God... You know, I wish he would take out, but he don't. But, you know, that's God's business. So y'all follow me here? That's his business. And so he put it in there because he knows what's best for me, better than I do. And I love him for that. He told me I need to pray without ceasing. There's a reason he tell me to do that. He told me I need to give. It shall be given unto you. There's a reason he tell me to do that. 
It's a reason God tells me to love my enemies. It's a reason God tells me to do these things that we see in Scripture. He knows what's best for me. But I must be willing to adjust, adapt, and align up with God's written and revealed word. If I'm going to make those changes that the Holy Spirit wants me to change, remember Nicodemus was going one way. Now he's coming and learning a new way. He's got to readjust. He had learned a lot being a ruler of the Jews. Now he's got to learn God's way of doing things. He's got to learn this way. And we were the same way. We had to learn God's way of doing things. I mean, some of us came into a church. We didn't know about raising our hand, lifting up, lifting up hands to God. We didn't know nothing about uh, prayer. We didn't know. We, we heard prayer. Uh, you know, our, our prayer was, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord, my soul to keep, and so forth. I, I mean, you know, that's all we knew. We might have heard the Lord's Prayer, but we didn't really understand the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, how will be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and so forth. There's many things in scriptures we didn't quite understand. But God began to teach us his way of doing things. And we're better off for it. We're better off for it. We had to uh, adjust, adapt, and align. Nothing wrong with that. That's why we're faith walkers today. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. We progress or we make uh, use or we make our way by the written and revealed word of God and not by sight or outward appearance and so forth. I have to consistently adjust my way of praying, giving, treating people, worshiping, and so forth to adapt and align with his way regardless of how a person treats me or responds to me. I have to remember that Jesus holds me accountable to my actions and not the actions of others. You know how it is with God. People be acting funny around you, but God won't say anything to them. He'll talk to you. You ain't never worked with somebody and and you ain't told God, God, you see what they're doing, don't you? God, you see how they train your child, your favorite child. The one that went to church yesterday. You see how they're treating the one that went to church yesterday. And God, you know I gave that extra offering yesterday too now. And look how they treat your child, God. And God, won't you do something about it? You can. I know you can. You can move them all out the way. Come on, James and John, the sons of thunder. Cause lightning to come down on them, God. I'm sorry, not, not you. You don't know what kind of spirit you're in, but he tell James and John. Is that right? But God knows us. He uses the environment around us to develop our spiritual maturity. He causes us to grow up. You ain't live long enough till your household has caused you to grow up spiritually. It's wonderful when you got a work environment that causes you to grow up spiritually. It is excellent when you got a school environment that causes you to see what kind of prayer life you got. It's beautiful because God knows the environment to, you're in in order for you to develop spiritually. And I love the fact that he holds me accountable and not others. Now, will God eventually deal with others? In his own timing. Many times he deals with us. And we're so much better for it. How many can testify to the fact you're better for it because God dealt with you? 
Okay, okay. I want you to help me because your neighbor don't believe this. Your, may, your neighbor may not believe this. But how many have been in a situation where you felt like you were treated wrong and God did nothing about it and he talked to you instead of talking to them? How many felt like that? Raise your hand. Right, look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. All right. So let me drop in. Next week or, ne- or the week after or next year when it happens. Okay. Pastor, you could skip that lesson right there. I know. I know, but see, some of y'all will forget it, and you've got to hear my voice that comes back up and say, they treat me wrong, God. No, Pastor Dobbs said on December 18, 2022. Go back to the podcast. Play it right there. Stop right there. There it is. All right, here we go. Number three, I'm constantly maturing in the things of God. This is the third evidence. I'm maturing. I'm constantly maturing in the things of God. I'm constantly maturing in the things of God. When Nicodemus heard these sayings, he had to make a decision to mature or think in a deeper way about this powerful truth. See, immaturity was said, man, he crazy. Got to go back in my mama's womb? No. That's not what he's talking about. But Nicodemus had to mature. You had to grow up real quick. And sometimes God will give you something that will cause you to grow up real quick. He'll get you in a situation that will cause you to grow up real quick. Sometimes he'll see how much you listen on Sunday. By Sunday evening, you'll find out were you listening or not. Or were you looking at your phone? Or were you staring up in outer space? Or were you doing this, that, and the other? And like, what, 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 what? And he'll say, remember what he said? Uh-oh, was I listening? Like a pop quiz. You don't know when God's going to quiz you out. I've been there. I've listened to a message, and it seemed like 30 minutes later, I was tested on the same thing I heard 30 minutes before. And God knows how to do it to get us in a position. What do we say? I'm going to listen next time. I'm going to follow God's warning and God's advice next time. Because what? I got to grow up. First Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Sometimes you got to put away childish things. But notice what he said here. You got to put it away. The Lord will help you, but you got to put it away. God doesn't put it away for you. You got to put it away. You got to put it away. You got to put it away. Because it says in that latter part of verse 11, I put away childish things. I did away with childish things. I ceased to do childish things. When the Holy Spirit showed me it was childish, I put it away. When the Holy Spirit revealed to me that this attitude was childish, I put it away. When the Holy Spirit showed me in the word that I shouldn't act or think or talk like that, I put it away. I said, Holy Spirit, show me in my life, attitudes, thinking, talking, and so forth, I need to put away. Show me, Lord, things I need to put away. And the last one is this. Remember, we got three. 
We've got to be teachable. We've got to be adjust, adapt, and align with God's written and revealed word. We've got to mature in the things of God. And our final proof to ourselves as well as others is we must speak the truth in love. We've got to speak the truth in love. We've got to speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4 and 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. I got to speak the truth. But knows my attitude, love. Some people speak the truth, but they speak it in such a nasty way, it's hard to receive it. Hard to receive it. So I've got to learn how to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Because what? You want people to receive it. You want people to receive it. You want people to, to increase or become greater because of what you're telling, telling them in love. Tell them in love. And see, as we speak truth, our attitude must be in love so that we, we as well as us will grow up or increase in all the things of God. See, an individual being led by the Spirit of God is going to speak the truth of God in God's love, wanting what is best for that individual. I want the best for all of you. And I know you want the best for your neighbors, too. But we will speak what God tells us to speak in love. You know what I thought about, though? We can be mad at somebody, but we still got to speak it in love. He said, don't let the sun go down at your wrath. You know, sometimes as a parent, you get upset with your children. But really, you're doing it out of love. You're doing it out of love. You're upset with them, but you love them. You love them. I mean, you know, you feel like grabbing them, and you don't really don't choke them because you love them. Because why? You love them. And, and you know why you love them so much? You love, it, it wouldn't even bother you if you didn't love them. You see somebody else child adding up? Poor child, somebody pray for him. But when it's your child, I know I taught them better than that. I, I, I ooh, Lord, I know that I, oh, cause it, it, it's your child. It's your child. It's your loved one. You are concerned about them. You speak the truth what? In love. And sometimes love is going to sound like a little harsh. Because why? It's love. So we're speaking the truth in love. Don't always mean it's going to be, uh, sometimes love is going to be, uh, but it's love. Because it wouldn't bother you if you didn't love them. It wouldn't bother you if you didn't love them. So again, four things. We must be teachable. We must adjust, adapt, and align with God's written and revealed word. We, we must mature in the things of God. We will speak the truth in love. Let me give it to you one more time. We must be teachable. We must adjust, adapt, and align with God's written and revealed word. We will mature. We must mature in the things of God. We will speak the truth in love. And there's others, but these are just the ones the Holy Spirit gave me for today. These are individuals who are born of the Spirit. They have these attributes. Amen. 
We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.